Okay, welcome to Tribune Sports Radio. I'm your host, Ben Raskin. Today we've got uh, Mr. Chris Kamrani with us. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How are you? You're looking great. I know. And uh, with us as well is not just the University of Utah beat writer covering sports ranging from football, basketball, swimming. Soccer. Soccer. Tennis. The man golf. with the the man with the plan. The Sultan of Statistics. Okay. The Brutus of Basketball. All right, all right, okay. Not only is he a great writer, I, I'm proud to call him my friend. This is Mr. Kyle Goon. How are you doing, Kyle? Good. How are you, Benny? Thanks Good. for that wonderful introduction. Uh, we're glad to have you back. Uh, you had a heck of an adventure out in Michigan this last weekend uh, with the Utes. With the Utes playing uh, the University of Michigan. and a, uh, How long was the rain delay on that? It was two hours it was and 40 minutes? It was two hours and 25 minutes. That is insane. What do you do during a two and a half hour rain delay? You write and you call your boss saying, I'm writing as fast as I can. <laughs> and basically give them all the assurances in the world that when the game ends, you're going to send something in. So, How bad did it screw up your travel plans for like a post-game celebration of wandering around Ann Arbor? and? Uh, oh, yeah, that did not happen. You know, that all got thrown to the wayside? You know, Kurt was tr- really trying to drag me out. Kurt Craigthorpe, you know, party animal, was trying to be like, hey, Kyle, we should go out, see Ann Arbor. But... I said, no, Kurt, I'm way too tired. I can't do that. You had some great pictures on Instagram, mostly with the tailgating. So, we'll, well, obviously, we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about Washington State coming up this week. But uh, tell me about the tailgating. I mean, just how is the campus set up? And uh, for those of us who haven't been to Ann Arbor yet. Well, Benny, it is fantastic. <laughs> it, it, they, so, um, the, the main tailgating area is literally a golf course. Like across, a student golf course? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually a pretty nice golf course for having 2,000 cars parked on it every week, like every Saturday. Do they honor the no carts past this and they stay off the greens, or is it basically all fairways um, and tee boxes? There's, well, obviously the greens are a little protected, but I, I think I saw some cars on some fairways, and, I mean, there's they, they certainly are, are doing okay. They, but they charge 40 bucks per car, and they make, like, $80,000 in a weekend. Oh, my Lord. So... They can uh, they can afford to repair the course. They can reseed the course. With they can that do kind of they can do it, but it's just incredible. There's like, you know, two thousand trucks out on this golf course spread across like two or three two or three square miles, and and it's just spectacular. There's people kind of playing playing cornhole and tossing a football back. Have couches set up with big screen TVs where they're watching other games. No. Got their hot dogs, their sausages. How does it relate to the University of Maryland tailgating, Kyle? Thank you. That, yeah. was, my next, that was exactly my next question. More shade. More shade. <laughs> There's a lot of trees everywhere. No, it's it. it um, you know, obviously Maryland tailgates pretty well, but not to that scope, and not. I, I will say the, they were living well. They were tailgating. <laughs> But they were also living very well. Was it high still forty dollars for RVs to park out there? And they brought out the hibachis and like it was. It looked they insane. had some stuff. Yeah. So one dude told me, one University of Utah fan told me he saw a guy with a full DJ booth set up <laughs> tailgating, and that's just that's fantastic. Well, it looked like a picturesque day from all the things that you sent out on Twitter on your Instagram feed and stuff like that. But uh, obviously. The weather turned foul, both for uh, in terms of the weather out there as well as the Wolverines' uh, game plan. Uh, walk us through what happened uh, with uh, Wilson's game. Uh, how the, obviously the Utes' defense was absolutely un- almost unstoppable. Uh, give me some highlights of the game. Yeah, well, I think 
Chris is shaking his head about something or other. I'm probably about Travis Wilson taking a flying leap in the sideline seven yards away. It was like, third, it's like third and from, seven, and Travis tries to jump for the first down marker. He, he was, yeah, like, he was about seven yards away. He looked like a scorpion's tail. No, it was definitely a scorpion. Yeah. It was a definitely. Def, I mean, and he's lucky, man. He's unbelievably lucky. If, if he comes down maybe at a different angle, yeah, it could no, be he, really, he really bad. Yeah. It could have been pretty serious and you know to be honest i was surprised he was as lucid as he was after the game he even made a joke and travis wilson doesn't make a lot of jokes to the media at least what was the joke is he's the, like that's well, the second worst run burn he's ever gotten well awkward uh well he said he said well i was trying to uh, jump over uh for for the first in, trying to get some extra yards and it's obviously pretty hard to jump over a 6-3 guy and I was like, wow, that's the wittiest I've ever heard. For Travis those who Wilson. are listening at home, that was not Travis Wilson. He did not just step into him. That was Kyle Goon's spotless impersonation of him. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was Wilson. The man of a thousand voices. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but beside that, I think when you look at this Michigan game, it was exactly defensively what the Utes want to do. They... Um, were able to at least slow the ground game enough where they forced Devin Gardner to, to drop back with the ball, and he made a ton of mistakes. He threw... He's well, awful. He, he threw two Michigan interceptions. Michigan is awful. Their backup quarterback threw an interception and also lost a fumble. Um, they couldn't They couldn't find a quarterback to make plays against the Utah secondary. Which is crazy because yeah. last week we were sitting in one of these small rooms here talking about how the secondary hasn't been playing. Playing very well. It's actually yeah. been a constant conversation we've had. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then it turns out they bring the What was it, thunder. plus four? Yeah, well, it was plus three because uh, Kendall Thompson oh, that's threw right. a slightly off-target pass um, to a Michigan defensive lineman. But, you know, that, that was the game plan. It was, hey, let's take away the run and let's make Devin Gardner throw because we feel pretty good about our front four. We think they can get pressure on him, which they did. They got, what, three sacks, I think, three or four. And, and they were able to make it really uncomfortable to throw the ball. It was, it was an impressive game, don't get me wrong, but Michigan is awful. Yeah. And, really and how lucky is Utah to get to make two trips to the big house in the last seven years and play just two completely awful Michigan teams? Yeah. That, I mean, against the run of history, that's that's a pretty rare rare occurrence. I mean, hey, you're two and zero at the big house, but still against two teams that are pretty pretty awful. I mean, that game was Utah should have won that game by. Well, I mean, can you make the argument points. that? Um, Besides, did uh, was it Booker that broke off a fifty-seven yarder? Or uh, no, it was Poole. It was Poole who was sixty-seven, yeah. sixty-seven, and stuff like that. I mean, uh, we, I mean, it seemed like the only thing that they weren't really doing well. Maybe the ground game needs some improvement before they uh, host Washington State this week. Yeah, and I think that's the one area where you saw Michigan execute pretty well. Um, their front seven is very good. They have some good defensive linemen, um, and where they were able to bring some pressure and and make some tackles for losses. So. Yeah, Utah just uh, needs to work out a couple kinks, I think. Um, it's kind of been a little bit of an issue getting push up front um, and, and kind of creating that space. But against Washington State, Washington State is giving up an average of like 175 on the ground and, and has struggled a little bit against the run. So if they can balance out the offense a little more, that should help. 
I think much you, I think you wrote or at least reported that they had like the 89th worst or slash best uh, defense against the run in uh, NCAA right now. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, Washington State does. Washington State, yeah. So but they but they're coming off a game where they took Oregon to the wire. 38-31. I mean, I know they're at home, but still, clearly, this is a. I think this is the definition of a trap the, game. The whole thing. It, Ooh, yeah. It, it is a little bit of a trap, but also, um, I, I, I kind of wonder. If Washington State, you know, didn't kind of throw all their pitches yeah. against Oregon, I mean, that's kind of what I sense out of that game. They just gave Oregon their best shot. Sure. And Connor Halliday had an amazing game. Right. Um, and I kind of wonder, you know, after a letdown like that, where basically a PI is what separates you from getting a chance to tie the game up. A non-call. A non or yeah, a non-call. A, a total PI. I mean, they right. got job, man. That that was ridiculous. So they they could have had a chance to tie them up, um, but you know, there's definitely some letdown that comes after a game like that, and you you take some encouragement, but I think it's also it's really hard to follow up a performance when. You kind of give it your best, and you're still a little. Well, I mean, short. maybe that was the best they could do after uh, you know they demolished a, a second tier Portland State going into that. So maybe that was the high. I mean, you struggled against your the, the, Wolfpack 24-13, You know, and uh, <laughs> the other thing is uh, Holiday. I mean, he's probably going to throw the ball what seventy times in this game. Well, the, Oregon didn't get a pass rush, and yeah. I think that's a huge part of this game. Is Utah has to develop a pass rush to make Holiday to make Holiday, excuse me, some. Make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket because he's not a guy that's going to roll out and make plays on the run. He's a pocket guy. Yeah, yeah. And Washington State's offensive line is pretty good. I mean, enough so to keep Oregon's pass rush at bay. I mean, I don't know how many times he threw it against Oregon, but mm-hmm. he threw a lot. Yeah. And, right. I, and he wasn't under duress that often. Mm-hmm. So one thing Witt said this week, said yesterday, was feels pretty good about the four-man rush. Um, and, and he feels pretty good about the pressure they've been able to apply without having to blitz. Um, I think you'll probably see maybe more exotic blitz schemes in this game. Um, exotic, blitz, ex- exotic blitz <laughs> schemes is the name of my next punk rock band. But but it's just they, they have to find a way because there's no way they're going to cover four receivers who each have, you know, like 200, 300 yards so far this season. Yeah. There's no way they're going to cover all those guys on every snap. So the, the answer that I would see – um, and the, granted, I'm not a football coach, but the answer that kind of appears to me is that pressure on Halliday, that's going to be the key to this game. Can they get to him? Can they hit him enough to the point where he's going to be a little timid, going to be a little shaky? And, and can they get their hands up to prevent some of those quick strike um, screens and, and, and short passes that Washington State likes so much? I was really impressed with how Tevin Carter and Brian Blecken played. And I know, you know, in the first two games, you don't, show that much against two bad teams but they're those guys were in beast mode on saturday i mean tevin carter's a huge dude i was getting him and nate orchard confused often because they're eight and nine (laughs) and they like they're almost they look the same size on tv because their numbers look similar but i mean he he looked great and blecken i mean blecken doesn't have the foot speed that he probably did as a freshman but he was laying some wood yeah he he had some really nice tackles um and that physicality kind of carries you a long way, especially when you when you play like you know they had they were going against Devin Funchess, who was having a day in that first half, and then he was basically a non-factor in the second. But didn't and he pick think, up an injury as well a little bit? I, I think like he, he might have been a little injured, but it, it it may have also had to do with 
Blecken, how they were hitting him. Yeah. Blecken, yeah, Blecken laid him out, and Blecken is easily five inches shorter than him and yeah. maybe like 10 or 20 pounds lighter than him. Right. And, and Blecken laid him out, and that probably had a big impact on um, – you know Michigan's ability to pass the ball in the second half of the game. So I think that's that's going to be important. Both those guys are going to play important roles yeah. because you know that Utah likes to move their safeties down and, and play some some man coverage with those guys as corners almost. Um, so there's probably going to be some some uh, reps where Carter and Blecken are one on one with a receiver who's going to be a little faster and maybe a little bigger than them. So it'll be interesting to watch. So it's a good chance we could be talking about the secondary next week with the one with the Michigan game was being a bye with that. Everyone, every week we're going to talk about the Utah secondary. As well as Wilson doing, is he going to be ready to go? Yeah, that they say that he's ready to go. Um, Kyle, I was a little surprised Kyle was a bit defensive yesterday um, when somebody asked about if, if – there were any other lingering effects from Wilson's injury and he said well we don't give injury updates and I was like well if the guy's fine like what is there to give up to hold back but at the same time he did say Wilson's going to play Saturday Wilson was available for us yesterday and took about 50 questions about why did he jump Um, (laughs) so so you know he's going to play I'm a little curious uh, what Maybe if, if he's going to have any other issues there, maybe relating to his nose, um, since he needed stitches in his nose. Um, it but, wasn't busted, right? Um, no one said it was broken, but oh. he definitely needed stitches in them. Was um, it what, interior or exterior? Um, I think interior, Ooh. basically. I think his nose kind of rode up a little bit. Yeah. Um, Impact breathing makes it harder to call out. Yeah, yeah. Gives you some, you know, you get a tickle there as you're doing a snap count. Moving on luckily, two, luckily he's three. at home, so yeah. there's, it shouldn't be too loud. Should be. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays. I think, it, it's. I think the most impressive thing you can say about Travis Wilson so far this season is he has not thrown an interception, and he's. I think. He's either around seventy or over seventy percent on his completions. Um, he's been very efficient, and that's kind of what Utah needs him to be. I mean, you know, he'll have he'll have those games where he needs to throw a deep one to Drez or Kenneth, um, but for the most part, Utah just needs him to complete the pass that's there and let some of those guys make the plays for him, like Bubba Poole did on that screen, like Drez Anderson did on the touchdown pass that was an underneath crossing route. Travis Wilson just has to be able to find that guy. Well, let's get a transition here really quick. We don't talk a lot of RSL here, but we just want to, I want to bring this up. Uh, with the uh, against Colorado Rapids, 5-1, and I don't want to talk about the three quickest goals scored in the uh, – Club's uh, history. Yeah. Three uh, goals in five minutes. Uh, just uh, walk us through that. Um, well, RSL went down early on a 30-yard shot. Um, you know, guy completely unmarked in the midfield and had time to tee off and – he hit it so with so much spin that when you watch the replay, it looks like it's going out. But he put enough spin on it that it curved right back into the into the post, and Romano wasn't able to see it because the ball was going through a bunch of legs. Yeah. But um, you know, Colorado came into that game having not won a game since July. Struggling. So yeah, they were on an eight-game winless streak. So they were definitely struggling. But um, yeah, I mean, 
Joao Plata is having an MVP type season, and he you know scored arguably the best goal of the year for Real Salt Lake. And then from there, Colorado just just fell apart, and they, I mean, four goals in 13 minutes, three goals in five minutes. Um, it was just the cliche of a team that's good and a team that's bad. It seems, you know, it's, it's always a cliche when you go, like, must-win games and stuff like that because they're all must-wins, you know. But uh, as they're taking on the uh, traveling to Vancouver for the Whitecaps, you know, we've tied them the first two uh, games of the season here. I think it's 2-2 two, two, and 1-1. One, one. Um, they've only played twice, so they've, 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 well, drawn, they've drawn twice. They've, they've Would you call twice. that a must-draw game? Yeah, is this a well, must-draw well, game? <laughs> Kyle's joke is right because yeah. if RSL gets a win or a draw, they clinch a playoff berth. So, must draw must, game. Must draw it's game. a must draw game. Thank you. You traveling up to Vancouver for this one? I'm not. I am going to be somewhere in the Salt Lake Valley, um, either sitting on my couch, um, maybe at Trader Joe's, <laughs> maybe, you know, riding my bike, hopefully not being hit by a car, yeah. um, you know. Well, nah. well, maybe up. maybe watching it. Maybe watching uh, uh, a, a fuzzy stream of the Utah Washington State game because I'm poor and I don't have uh, Directv. Do you th- with the that's why before we jump, I wanted to uh, talk some baseball just in a bit, but I want to go back to Kyle for a second and putting the RSL to bed for this week. We always go podcast. back to Kyle. Yeah. Well, it's a no, it's okay. Good friend, Kyle. Um, just in terms of college towns and stuff like that, after the rain delay, watching it on TV, did it seem like did all the Wolverine fans bounce? And then did the how many Utah oh, yeah. fans traveled? Like three thousand or? Yeah, I would say at least uh, maybe around two thousand. Um, somebody tried to tell me five thousand, and that's incorrect. it's a big stadium, but there's no way there was that's five thousand there. Um, there's certainly there's certainly more than a thousand. Um, I, I feel comfortable saying around two thousand. And yeah, all, uh, most most uh, of the Michigan fans had bounced. There was like a little side to side action with the Michigan fans kind of clustering around the the near sideline behind the Wolverines uh-huh. and the Utah fans behind the Utes. Um, but it still looked like the Utah fans outnumbered those Michigan fans that were still there. And so it was the, the two thousand plus Utah fans, the one and a half thousand Michigan fans, and the band. And in, the game. in a stadium that holds what what one hundred and seven thousand people or something. One hundred nine. One hundred nine thousand people. Wow. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was pretty quiet. Uh, End times in Ann Arbor. They're giving they're giving tickets away if you buy a two, uh, twenty ounce liter of Coca Cola. <laughs> Seventy five dollar tickets. You get you get a ticket for buying two twenty ounce Cokes. I'm what? I'm not close to the situation, but Brady Hook's got to be gone. They, 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 he's gonna, he's gonna be gone after that offensive performance. After who did they play this week? Um, they play. Oh, I forget. I, I know that they haven't announced their starting quarterback yet because they put in their backup last week and they play Minnesota. They play Minnesota, right? So, um, Gophers. The and the Coke deal with like somehow Coke thinking it's okay to give out tickets to the Gophers game for three dollars worth of Coke. And then um, also uh, some, some folks noticed in the replay of the Michigan game that uh, when Kalen Clay had a 66-yard punt return, there were 10 guys on the field for the Wolverines. So there's just a lot of disorganization in Ann Arbor right now. Well, if it makes – I mean, to, for like the maybe .5 people who are Michigan fans who listen to this podcast, the Niners got a field goal blocked and had 
nine people on the field. <laughs> the Cardinals blocked a field goal with nine people on the field. Well, that's that's good to know because uh, Harbaugh's going to be the next Michigan. Yeah, coach. exactly. <laughs> so there's our transition. Well, no, the transition was uh, three uh, a twenty liter of Coke uh, okay. get you a ticket. Speaking of expensive ticket prices, you know, the, the transition on this. Uh, Derek Jeter, the captain of the New York Yankees, will be retiring uh, on Sunday. But before he goes, he has two more uh, series that he has to go through. They're at all Orioles at uh, Yankee Stadium, and then they travel to uh, Fenway to finish it off. I got on StubHub and started looking at ticket prices. Not that we're going to fly out there, although we can talk to Joe. We can, we can maybe send you, man. I, I would, Benny Raskin on assignment. I would like to be on assignment to... I have not been to the new Yankee Stadium. I've only been to the old one once. Uh, the two things about that place that got me is that it was dirty, but it was awesome. I mean, it was a, a perfectly awesome ballpark, the old Yankee Stadium, with cigarette burns on the toilet seats in the men's room, which I just love the idea. It's great. People puffing up butts, you know, doing that. But anyway, <laughs> if you want to go... To the 20, uh, Thursday's game, September 25th, against the Orioles, and you wanted to get a general admission ticket, which does not include assigned seating, where they have basically a bullpen where they put people into. Ticket, this, why don't we run a guess? What would you uh, suspect to take Wait, what cost? night of the week is this? It is a Thursday. Night game. Night game. Kyle, Kyle's looking it up. He's cheating. Are you cheating? What's right? that? Are you cheating right now? No. Okay. He's tuned out. Um, I'm going to guess uh, 89 bucks. $89? This is, I'm using StubHub, too. Not, for, not a sponsor okay. of the show, but... For which game? Jeter game? For Jeter's last home game in, in New York. Oh, five hundred sixty-three. I thought we were talking about in Baltimore. No, 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 Sorry. No, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. A home five, game? $563. I'll say 325 Okay. Uh, price is right rules goes to Chris on this. It is $440.43. That's insane. If you want to sit on the first base side, say, uh, same game, uh, throw a guess out. Nine nine ninety. Got to be over a grand. I'm stone faced right now. <laughs> over a grand is what? It's You're always stone faced. Um, Make a guess. Give me a guess. Uh, three numbers. Eleven hundred. You're you're your close for this time. It's one thousand three hundred and ninety-two dollars oh and sixty-four cents. Are the Yankees even making the playoffs? No. I don't think they are. No, they're 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 out. Yeah. And the last one, I just want to throw this one out. Uh, field level behind home plate. Just throw a guess. Four grand. Field level behind home plate. Seven grand. Um, tw- uh, twenty-seven hundred dollars. Ooh, Kyle, twenty-nine hundred dollars. Twelve grand. <laughs> it's in, Sorry. And uh, the best part about StubHub also sells uh, parking passes for that. And I'll just let you know, uh, you get a, a rock bottom price of eighty-nine dollars oh for a parking gosh. ticket for that last game. Kidding me, um, man? Jumping to Boston though, which is a, you know usually they they sell it almost every year and stuff like that for those uh, tick, uh, seatless tickets they're selling. 250 bucks gets you into the park to see him on the last game on the 29th on Sunday with that. Um, I want to sing Jeter's praises for just a second, although I'm not a Jeter fan. Um, he's been in the league for 19 years. In 1996, he won the Rookie of the Year. Uh, the number f- uh, While he wears the number two, number five is pretty significant for him. He's got five World Series uh, rings in 96, 98, 99, 2000, 2009, as well as five Golden Gloves. Uh, he has the most postseason uh, games ever played at 158. And uh, kind of a, a stat that I really like, even though he's not the Iron Bird or Lou Gehrig on this one, uh, 2,709 starts as shortstop for the Yankees. That's really impressive. You know? It's amazing. I mean, it's an amazing to have that. And also in 2003, he was given probably, even if you don't like the Yankees, 
He has the coolest job title in the United States after probably president, maybe even more so than president. Captain of the New York Yankees. So So who's going to follow in his footsteps? That's a great question. Kyle Goon? I would love to send him out to the Bronx. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. Well, you, uh, uh, you're an Oriole fan, so, I mean, obviously the Yankees being divisional rivals and stuff, you must have either loved and hated him for the last two decades, essentially. Did you say loved or hated them? Well, I, well, I love or hate them. Why would I love them? Well, you respect respect the, the rings, respect the talent. Respect, respect the, the rings. rings. Respect, respect those respect rings, Respect the rings, Kyle. man. Oh, I didn't realize that's, respect that's the thumb, how being man. a fan worked. <laughs> you, yes, uh, now that I remember, yes, I, I respected them completely. I respected those drunk Yankee fans <laughs> that filled up Camden Yards every series from... 1998 to 2007. Dude, yeah, I love that so much. Mike Mussina, man. The Moose was was throwing that EFIS splitter sinker knuckleball <laughs> thing before he went to the Yankees. <laughs> right? Did he go straight from Baltimore to the Yankees? Yeah, he did. Don't bring up don't bring up the Moose to Kyle. Hi. I saw I, the one time I saw the Yankees play was it was in the Bronx and uh, we're sitting up on the third tier. I mean, ridiculously crummy seats. You know, you can see the field, but you really can't see the action. Uh, we're sitting next to this uh, this older New Yorker, and he says, "I have season tickets, but I only go to games that have socks in it, meaning White Sox or Red Sox." And uh, they were playing the Twins in just a, a snoozer of a game, but this guy decided to launch himself off the second tier. Onto the back, uh, uh, the back screen, the you know for foul balls and stuff like that. And he's bouncing on it like a trampoline, and you could see Jeter looking up, looking away, looking back up, and then just shaking his head. And the crowd almost instinctively was waiting for Jeter's response to this to gauge their reaction. Jeter was pissed that there, there was a delay in game. I think you know probably had tickets to Wicked or you know a, a, a Maxim model he was taking out to dinner or something like Dude. that. Tickets to Wicked. <laughs> or or dating a Maxim model. Jeter, Dude, bachelor Dude, life. Let's, we don't let's really not know forget. anything about Jeter. Yeah, well, we do. We know that he dated Lila Garrity from Friday Night Lights. Mm. And if you guys didn't watch Friday Night Lights, that's a great, that's a good for Derek mm. because she's a peach of a human are being. We gonna, are we going to put that in the Hall of Fame bust? Mm. What's next to the stats? I don't know, but through in stats, this is what it got me. His career earnings just from the Yankees was $265 million and change. Oh, and now we make that in one contract. <laughs> it uh, came up in the wrong era. A-Rod's contract is bigger than that, and they're, he's probably still getting paid from three different teams. I think so. I know the uh, Rangers are still throwing him yeah. cash. Jeez. Whatever happened to A-Rod, man? He's got to be He's got to be somewhere. IDs. He's in Miami probably. I forgot about that. Yeah. He really did a disappearing act. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I might, I might say anything libelous, but, I mean, that guy <laughs> – that guy – uh, really put under the radar, and then you know didn't do a very good job of standing up to the charges of trying to defend himself. Oh uh, no! Well, he uh, he certainly tried. I, I think he I take issue with that. Yeah. I I don't think he tried not hard. He certainly waged a public public uh, forum battle against the MLB, yeah. saying they didn't have this or they didn't have that. And did he get his suspension lowered a little bit? I forget. I think he might have. I don't know. I think he sure. might have. Is he eligible to come back? I don't know. I don't know. With the uh, postseason shaping up pretty soon, do you see the uh, your San Francisco Giants being able to hold on? I don't know. Uh, looks like they're going to have to probably play in the play-in game. Um, looks like it's going to be Pittsburgh too. Yeah, and they have Pittsburgh has the season 
the tiebreaker, so the Giants have to finish a whole game ahead of Pittsburgh in order to host the play-in game or else they have to go to Pittsburgh. Because I think the Brewers are four and a half games out of that second spot in the yeah, play-in yeah. game. But they're in – they just got swept by your Padres against a bunch of no-namers who always seem to sweep the Giants and just kill us late in the season. Andrew, Padres play the best ball when they're 15 games out of first. In, in, in like the most important time of the season. They have no reason to play this well. It's almost as if they're playing for contracts for 2015. Well, it weirds me out is that it's always it's always September. So I'm thinking, are you, why aren't they bringing up these guys who were smoking everyone earlier in the season? Because I think the Padres always have these call-ups who come up and do really well. They all, and but, then, but then the next year they disappear, but maybe back into the minor leagues. Well, then you get guys that come into. I mean, just I mean, I, I, I know like our six listeners really care about the Padres bullpen on this, but you got you know Quackenbush out there, and you got Hoyer coming in there, and you got you got two guys that can essentially close down a game seven, eight, and ninth for you almost at 162 games a year. They can't score any runs. I spent from first pitch to last pitch against the Rockies yesterday. It was a one nothing snoozer. And how did they score? Uh, they scored, Rivera scored a, a double, well, they walked a guy, and then Rivera hit a double and scored him in the first inning. And that was it? And that was it. And that was all the offense for the next eight and eight and one-third innings. And Rockies challenged, they got 10 hits, got on theirs, could never find the home plate. Who, who cares about the Rockies on this? But when we played your Giants, it's just weeks squeaked by you, you know? And better to be lucky than good sometimes, I suppose. Well, I guess, I don't know. Baseball, I feel like more than any other sport, is shaped by teams that have nothing to do with the postseason picture because the season's so long, and at the end of the year, you have so many teams that are so tight that obviously you're not going to play good teams in every series. So when the Giants play the Padres and get swept, that could that theoretically could keep the Giants out of the playoffs because they went down to San Diego or against even, a team. Or even worse is now confirms they're taking a cross-country flight. Yeah, no, exactly. You know. So, And Kyle Goon's Orioles over here trying to find the magic of 2012. Yeah. Yeah. What is? Do you think, you know, as a fan of the game, because you, uh, you watched the 13, for lack of a word, debacle yesterday. It's like, is, is are the games too long? No yeah. way. No, do you think there's any? Would you want to speed it up, or is it just? No. Is it almost perfect the way it is? Yeah, it's perfect. If there are people, the, the, there aren't casual baseball fans. It's like so, it's almost like soccer. Like yeah. if if you're a baseball fan, you're gonna you and you want to watch a game, you're gonna probably pay attention to it. If you don't, you're not. Football, basketball. I think it's a game where. I don't know, maybe it's a little more of a social activity. Baseball is not a very social game unless you're at the game. Yeah. You're not going to invite people over and be like, hey, let's watch this four-hour baseball game and try to pay attention the whole time. Yeah. You know, I mean, minus something like Jeter's last game against the Sox, which I assume because it's a 1-30 first pitch, that's probably going to be on Fox, you know. And, probably. And, and that's, that's going to interrupt some uh, football play. But I guarantee there's going to be people having football parties going to want to watch. Maybe Is it a Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. Oh, wow. Like, they're going to watch maybe the first 15 minutes of the Boston game, and it's like, let's go over to deep, you know, uh, Packers, Vikings, you yeah. know, or whatever, who else is playing at that time. Yeah. Those early morning games. Ravens. I don't even remember. I can't remember the schedule right now, but yeah. you're right. So, I mean, you know, when you talk about basketball, though, it's always like you can really – the last four minutes of a game is enough to you know satiate you for an entire yeah, game. Yeah, like, And it feels as if you participated in watching it the entire time. Well, even the right. last quarter, too. I yeah. mean, the last quarter usually takes 40 minutes tops. Where yeah. you're like, the first and second quarters, you you don't care. That, that's kind of the, the nice thing about football and 
and basketball, there are things that are guaranteed to happen. And I know people kind of say you know, the thing that Joe Posnanski says about baseball is nothing happens until it does. <laughs> and, like, that's kind of fun. But it's, it's a, you know, in our world, it's a lot easier to invest in something than shorter and something where there's guaranteed to be some kind of um, action. And, you know, I mean, I was, I was in the airport bar in Chicago this weekend, and, you know, the Seattle... Broncos, the Seattle yeah. Broncos game was winding up, and you know I was plugged in my chair for the last twenty minutes of that, and you know I didn't. It didn't require me to, you know, have watched the rest of the game to know what was going on, and and to feel like, you know, to to feel like okay, so I think something's going to happen. I'm not sure. I knew, you know, Peyton Manning's getting the ball back, and we're going to see some kind of thing going on. Well, maybe maybe it's because baseball has no cap. Even football, you know, after 75 minutes, it could end in a tie. Mm-hmm. Baseball theoretically can't end in a tie. It will just keep going until the in- the innings, runs, errors allow it to end. And like is- even last night, which makes it for me, I've always I've always loved that about it. Is because I started watching the Giants Dodgers game last night at 8:05. It got done here at like 12:47. Yeah. And I watched the Giants get like a 12 or 13 hits. And in in extra innings, I think they had at least one guy on in every inning with no outs or one out, and didn't manage to do anything. And they had a, they Yasiel Puig threw a guy out at home, and you know it's twelve fifteen at night on a Monday, and here I am, you know, pulling my hair out because I know how important this game is, and if the Giants lose, the Dodgers are that much closer to to sealing the division. So I think maybe for me, that's that's what makes baseball so much fun is that. It's endless almost. Like they're, they're, the story, it, it's like what Kyle said, it only ends when it ends or it, well, that's something a, happens when it happens. to a large extent, it's like you know, I'm a casual RSL fan. I, I like watching and root for the home guys. But what I love about that is that essentially, what, hour and two hours, within two hours, yep. one way yep. or the other, this thing is over. It'll Unless it's a playoff game. Okay, yep. with, minus that. But I mean, yep. but for the yep. most part, it's like you, you lock in 120 minutes, like that's what you got. And I do love that about soccer. That is, oh, it's amazing. But the, the only bad thing is that kick is usually later because that's when the time slots are available. And soccer, unlike most, unless you have like a Hail Mary, a, a soccer team, like when I was in Seattle, Seattle scores in literally the last minute of the game. Yeah, yeah. When the game kicked it, how about that screw up your lead? Oh, I was writing three stories as that game was going on, but then when Nat Borchers got a red card, then I was like, it's going to be tough for them to hold on. So you you have all yeah. these different you have a win story, a draw story, a, a loss story, and you're and you're kind of piecing these things together all at once on on deadline. So or if you do it, if you're me, you just wing it right after the game ends. Like, well, oh, I read I the Michigan nothing. story. Oh yeah, uh, no, <laughs> that was an insult. Uh, um, I need some more coffee here. Yeah, you do. So uh, as we're wrapping up here, our, you're not going up to Vancouver, but uh, you, I'll, you be some, I'll be somewhere. You'll be somewhere watching that. You'll be tweeting the entire game. Uh, hopefully. Uh, How's a Utah sidebar sound? Oh, I'll be. In, I'll actually be in LA working uh, the Utah UCLA game because oh, right. RSL is playing Chivas the next day. So oh, cool. get to. Uh, you know, flying Friday night. Check out the Rose Bowl. Check out the Rose Bowl. Rent a car. Get stuck in like three-hour traffic. Trying to drive about. Trying trying to drive probably. I think it's about 30, 35 miles. And then, then. Uh, 
but we, we still don't know what time it kicks, right? It's either no, 5.30 it's, or 8.30. Oh, yeah, we actually don't Cause know. Because the Pac-12 pulled their six-day thing. I think, if, I think if Utah and UCLA both win this weekend, then it will be the national slot. Which so is 5.30. 8:30. Oh, no. Yeah. That would be awful. I think 8.30 is the national slot is it? for that game. Well, for me, I'm, I'm rooting for a 5.30 kick just <laughs> so we aren't. Because I'll feel pointless. So let's go on the record saying Chris is rooting for the Utes to lose this weekend. I'm rooting for everyone to lose always. Yeah. I like I, I don't care whether people win or lose or not. I just want the game to get over as soon as possible. That's what I always tell people. I said it could be seven to nothing either way. I don't care as long I'll as set it. Set up the pray for Chris hashtag. I had a fir- I had my first Mercy World game uh, last week and oh, I, I saw that. It was sad. I could not. I mean, I felt horrific for the losing Cypress team, but my God, was that fantastic? Yeah. You go, oh, okay. <laughs> I had so many what did it take? An hour. Oh, hour, and then I wrote it in 15, yeah. you know. Ooh, great That's story. 9-0? What? 8-0, uh, and then they threw the towel in. Sad. Yeah. Jeez. Well, well, here's to more 8-0 to zero wins for everyone in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, for this week, uh, the 23rd of September, uh, 2014, for Mr. Chris Kamrani and Mr. Kyle Lagoon, uh, I'm Ben Raskin. Um, just a little housekeeping, if you can. Subscribe on iTunes, and when you're there, please give us a review. and uh, Be nice honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about this? Give us the five-star review, but then give us a brutally, brutally honest. honest comment on that. That is no different than what I deal with every week. That would be absolutely delightful. Obviously, you can go to Salt Lake Triv, uh, SLTriv.com, follow everything that's happening here at the newspaper. Click on the sports page. We have a link on uh, for the, the podcast. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Take care.